Well, everybody, um, in case you didn't know, we have a new president. Has anyone been able to ignore that? <laughs> I don't think so. Um, and I just want to say this. Whether you agree or like it or not, he, he is the president, right? And we as believers have a mandate. We have an assignment. What is that assignment? Nelda, pray for him. We have an assignment as believers to pray for him. If we do not pray for him, it leaves it open to the demonic realm to influence him in whatever way, whatever way they want to. We have an assignment to pray for our president, regardless of who it is. When Clinton became president, I started to pray for him. When Bush became president, prayed for him. When Obama became president, I prayed for him. Now Trump is president. We need to pray for him. The country is so divided right now. It looks like it's postured for like this, an ideological civil war. That's how it feels to me. And um, we'll do much better if we can be united. But it looks like there are people posturing to try to stay divided and to splinter. And church, whether you like the president or not, I think it's important that we pray. We pray for him. So I just want to lead a prayer for that right now. If you would just agree with me and let's pray biblically. Let's ask God to do what he will. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up Donald Trump to you and his Vice President Pence. Lord, we lift them and their cabinet and all the parts of the executive branch. We lift them to you and we ask you, Lord God, to give them wisdom in Jesus' name. Wisdom, wisdom, Lord, in how to rule this country, how to lead this country. Wisdom in what to agree to and what to what they should disagree with. And Lord, wisdom in just daily decisions. Father, I pray that you will protect their minds and their hearts. Deliver them from evil. Deliver them from evil and lead them into the truth. And Lord, I pray for um, our country. And there are people, we are so divided and, and we do have a right of free speech in this country. And I am so glad for that. I applaud that, Lord. Thank you for that freedom that we have. I pray, Lord, that there can come some good, sound-minded sound voices to help us follow in a way that will be holy, upright, and healthy. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for the people of our country to learn to love one another, to learn to walk in truth, and to learn to read your Bible and get the, get the truth from that. Lord, because that's our guide. Your word is our guide and your spirit is our guide. So lead us into the truth for the sake of your great name, for the sake of your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen? All right, church. That's good. So uh, I'd, like to, I'd like to show you a couple of pictures. You know, this facility gets used. I just wanted you to know that. This facility gets used a lot. Have you noticed how the carpet gets dirty even after we shampoo it? Yes, Marie has noticed because she shampooed it. So yesterday... This is a group of Nepalis. There were probably about 40 of them, 45, maybe 50. We're here for a seminar on the family. And this guy, a pastor, Dr. Lazarus from Nepal, came to do a seminar on the family. So I took the opportunity to ask him if he would come to our afternoon service and preach. So he's coming this afternoon to teach about family, which is so much needed in our community. So he's going to come. That was yesterday from about... Uh, 10 a.m. till 2 p.m. Concurrent with that, we had the elders meet here and pray. They were in the office over there because this room was full of, of those guys. And then 
the children's room had children in it. And so we, uh, in our prayer meeting, we were relegated to the office, which I'm so grateful it's opened up and has some room now for, for that kind of thing. Uh, these guys had a nice time. And then as soon as they left at two o'clock, the Sudanese came and they were here from three until about six or seven. Now, Saturday's a full day because people are off work and they want to come and they want to do church and they want to practice things and so forth. So uh, folks, because of the foundation you have laid, I just want you to know lots of ministries have. Praise God for that. I want you to feel good about that. Yes, thank you. You guys, you guys have done wonderful, wonderful stuff over the years. This is the labor of years of you and others who've sacrificed and have built up and that has allowed for a place where we can have this kind of thing. And this facility right here is perfect for it, for these kinds of seminars and stuff. Our Christ-like dialogue uh, will be held here. And this is just ideal for that. We have the recording that can happen. We have the PowerPoint that can happen. It's a nice, comfortable place. And I feel the presence of God here. And so I want to thank you all for that. The place is being used. Praise God. Praise God. So um, I want to continue the thought from the past couple weeks where we've been talking about our white helmet uh, evangelist commandos that are special forces going into the to the world. Uh, today we have one of them here, Sam, and uh, Sam's one of our commandos. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> Sam, I'm so proud of you. Uh, I was talking with Sam on the way. I said, so do you have a testimony to share? And he, Sam, I'm just going to tell them what you said, okay? Uh, he said, I tried to share with some girls about Jesus, and they said, we already know about Jesus. So he said, okay, that's good. But then he said, because I was sharing with girls, they kind of got the wrong idea of what I was talking about, what I was talking to them for. So he said, I think I'm only going to share with boys now. So I thought, that's a good idea. That's a very good idea, Sam. And so next week, we're going to hear how that goes when you share with the boys. And some of the other youth group had tried to share as well uh, with other people. And, um, you know, it's a beginning. We're just starting. It's it's not something that suddenly we're going to have a whole host of people uh, coming into the kingdom. It's, there's hard ground out there. Very, very fallow ground. It needs to be broken up with the plow. So we're going to we're going to work on that. So today I'm going to bring a message and this is how I want you to pray and get yourself ready. Now, most everybody except for one person didn't sign up to be a commando. In fact, I heard from one person last week who said, "I would rather go into those broken down buildings and rescue bodies than actually be a the evangelist type." That was Marie over there. She said, "I'd go do that." <laughs> you know, it's scary. It's scary to go and talk to somebody. And I know, I know you're scared about it. So, but the, the, we have 20 people who signed up to be commandos. They're not scared about it. They're nervous, but they're going to do it. So your job and my job is to help them, support them. And so we're, part of our job is to send them. So today I wanted to talk from the Gospel of John. I just, I realized at the end of my preparation, I've just picked all of John, different, different verses from John. To share with today, I didn't do that on purpose, but the ver the verse to start with is John uh, chapter 20, verse 21. John 20, 21. If you want to just turn there, we can take a look. This is the, the key verse where John 20, 21, Jesus walks into the room and he says, Shalom Aleichem. 
peace be to you. And then he says, as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. He was talking to his disciples, to his followers. And that's the verse the Lord gave me for the year. That's one of our verses. There's two, but that's one. And that's what we're focusing on right now. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. And as I thought about that, I began to think, well, how has the, how did the Father send Jesus? Because that needs to give us a clue on how we send our commandos out there. Do we give them, you know, brass knuckles and, and, uh, clubs? <laughs> that isn't how Jesus came. No. Jesus came with what, how, let, let's just ask you guys. You guys can help me preach today. How did God send Jesus? Okay. He sent him as a baby, which is weak and vulnerable, right? He sent him as a baby. He didn't send him in as a, Mighty warrior. Okay, the Holy Spirit with him. He was baptized in the Holy Spirit. How else did God say? He was humble. Yeah, he became, he came as a servant. He came humble. These are great, great statements. How else did he come? What was that? Willingly. Yeah, he wasn't resistant. That's right. <laughs> yeah. He came with a message. That's good. That's good. The first thing I thought of was he came with love. And the verse that came immediately to my mind was John 3:16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3:16. That's a cornerstone verse for all evangelicals. This is the motivation in which God came to the earth. It was love. So our commandos and part of your job to help Sam and the others is to remember whatever they do, do it with love. You know, people become very argumentative and we are living in a time where people are belligerent, angry. Man, I was looking at some Facebook threads yesterday. A pastor put out a word. He wanted to, you know, because of the women marching yesterday, he just put a, he said, I just want to put a shout out to women for, uh, how great women are and how much we need them in our society. Just that. He just put that up. And man, some people came after him, uh, saying things like, cause he was, he was applauding the idea of women leading. And people came after him in their threads and it created this big long stir for such a long time about how women need to be submissive and, and, uh, how they don't belong in any kind of leadership position and blah, 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 blah. Well, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> but I just wanted to say, people are angry and people are, Facebook hasn't really helped bring peace in the world. Uh, people are putting all their ideas out there and everyone can read it. Everyone in the world can read what you say, if you allow it. And it creates such a flurry of stuff. And our commandos as they go, Sam, when you talked to those people, were they happy to talk to you or were they upset with you or what was the mood? They were upset that you were talking to them about Jesus. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, we have to overcome that with love. We have to overcome that with love. God loved us so much. He came to us and we didn't always receive him. A beautiful story that Jesus shares is the story. We call it the story of the prodigal son. I like to call it the two lost sons because in it, there's an older son and a younger son. The younger son wants to take all the money that he's due to inherit before the father dies. 
which is so rude. Do you know what he's saying? He's saying, I wish you were dead so I could just have my money now. And he takes it. Father amazingly gives it. People who would hear this story would go, are you kidding me? That father gave the money? He should have kicked him out of the family right there. He gave the money to that boy. He went off. And can anybody tell me what the word prodigal means? Tell me what you think it means first. Wayward, lost, um, repents and comes back. Yeah, those are what I thought it meant until I looked it up. It actually means a wasteful, spendthrift. That's the actual meaning of the word, the prodigal son. But it's been preached so many times, we have a different idea in our mind. But it means being wasteful. Oh, look at this. Isn't Bill amazing? Wow. Characterized by profuse or wasteful expenditure. Lavish. So, oh yeah, recklessly spendthrift. The boy went out there with his inheritance and he wasted it on riotous living, bad living. <laughs> and he spent all his inheritance until he ended up in the pigsty. And that's where he came to himself and he said, what am I doing? I'm so stupid. I had a father who was taking care of me and I, I took advantage of him and I left him and here I am. And he came back and the father, this is the beautiful part of the story. The father saw him far away. He was looking and he came running to him. He ran. He lost his dignity <laughs> to go embrace that boy and brought him back into the family and they had a big party. That's son number two. And the father raced after him, raced for him when he saw him coming back. Son number one <clears throat> was so upset because he wasn't getting his fair share of attention, he thought. He was the religious one. He was the one Jesus was actually speaking this whole parable for, the Pharisees. So they, they would know they're the ones who are like, yeah, we followed all the rules. We've done all the stuff, but they left the party. They abandoned the father as well. They were so upset with God coming here and enjoying the company of sinners and blessing them and bringing love to them. He was so upset because, you know, when you're a righteous person, you want all those dirty, rotten people out. You don't want them in here. You know, that's the mindset that we can get to. So what we're trying to do, trying to understand here, is we want to be embracing of the lost. We want to welcome them in. And that's what our church is all about, not just the lost, but the different marginalized groups of our society. We want to welcome them in. So uh, I need to just break into my sermon here with a little interruption. We need your prayers in our church because, because we are open and because we're such a diverse community, sometimes we have people come in who have a total different idea of what they want to do in our church than what we want to do. So last Sunday afternoon, we had a baptism. Beautiful time, wonderful time. Before the baptism, or while I, uh, while the worship team actually was leading, a guy came in the doors on the side, just walked in. He didn't go through the regular entrance because those doors had been open. And he just walked in and he looked a little different. He was an African American guy. And so I just went over to greet him, say hello. And I welcomed him, said, I'm glad you're here. And he said, thank you. And he was in the front row now. And Within a moment, I went back to my seat. Within a moment, he started acting a little strange. And he started walking around and talking a little bit. He went up to the bap 
baptism waters and he started splashing his hands in there. This is a middle-aged man. And then he started walking around the, the pool and started talking really loudly. He went up to the cross and he touched the nails on the cross. And then he started shouting, hallelujah, hallelujah. And, you know, shouting hallelujah, there's nothing wrong with that. But the setting wasn't quite right for it. And it was a little off. And so it, it was starting to disturb our our whole time. So I went over to him and I said, hey, brother, is there anything I can pray for you about? And he said, yeah, you can pray for me. You can pray that I go home and speak in tongues. You can pray for my wife, for my mother, for da 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 All this, he kept going on and on. And then, then you know, I think there, he could tell, okay, pastor's nervous about me or something. He says, I can see I'm too much for this church. And I said, <laughs> I said to him, you know, you're welcome here. You can stay. You don't have to leave. And he said, that's all right. That's all right. Now, I didn't, I never said anything about wanting him to leave. I did. I just was kind of letting him know by my presence that we're having worship here and we just want to focus on that. Uh, so he turned around and left and I haven't heard anything on him about him. But what I, I'm sharing that story with you because we want to be open to all kinds of people. Everyone is welcome in our church, but sometimes there are people who come in with a different agenda and we have to be wise about how to deal with it. So we want to invite people to our church, all kinds of people, whoever they are, but we want to have a focus on Jesus Christ. And anybody who tries to take that focus away, we'll have to talk to them about it. Are you with me? So I need your prayers for when that happens. And our ushers and greeters need your prayers too, because they're the first line of defense for that kind of thing. But always we need to have love. So the elder brother, he's so upset, he walks out. He walks out of the party. Or he comes home and he hears he hears there is a party. So he stays out. He's angry. He is ticked off that his father has done all this for that wasteful, no good, no account brother of his. And what does the father do? This is the beautiful part. <laughs> he goes out to him. He goes out to the big brother and he says, come on in, please come. Your brother was lost, but now he's found. He's with us and everything I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. So in this story, you and I, we're the big brother. And we can either join the party or stay out and sulk. <laughs> so that's the lesson for us, religious ones. But there's a message of love that we need to be like the father. And we need to go to the ones who are lost and wasting everything they have and, and just love them no matter what. I was getting mad reading all those posts, you know, those Facebook posts. I was getting irritated. I said, I need to stay off this Facebook or I'm going to, I'm going to lose my sanctity. <sighs> so I, I just realized, you know, we need love. Boy, we need love. This world needs love. And all the people who are so angry right now need love. Our president needs love. Democrats need love. Republicans need love. We need love. So Jesus came with love. We need to send, be sent with love. The love of the Father that has that kind of intention. That's my number one. Love is how the Father sent Jesus. Number two, you guys were mentioning some of this as I asked you. How did the Father send Jesus? He sent him with a message, somebody said. He sent him with purpose. It wasn't just come and love, love, love. You know, let's all hold hands and sing. Kumbaya, my Lord. He came with a purpose. And John chapter 3, verse 17, 
is another one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. God did not send his son into the world to do what? Condemn. But that through him, Jesus, the world might be saved. So when we send out our commandos, we need to pray for them and encourage them not to be condemning, not to be, you are such a sinner. You are so bad. You need Jesus. Now, is it true that we're sinners? Yes. Is it true that we need Jesus? Yes. There's a way to say it that isn't condemning. There's a way to say it with love. So that's our purpose, so that they will be saved. Not so that they will just act good. Not so that those kids out there will be quiet, you know, let us have our service. You know, those kinds of things. But that we love people into the purpose of finding Jesus, finding him. This is a lesson of life we need to live out, each and every one of us, whether we signed up to be a commando or not. We are here to bring salvation. We are here to bring the salvation of Jesus Christ. Amen? That's right. Um, you remember the video I showed you of the white helmet guys going into the buildings? Now, here's a mistake we make as Christians sometimes. Those guys who go into the building, men and women, they have one objective. Rescue those people out of there. Get them out. Their mission is not, oh, I just want to make them feel better. They don't go in there. Someone has a wall collapsed on them. They're pinned in there. And they go in there and they, oh, are you okay? Let, let, me, let me sing a song to you, okay? And you'll feel better. That's not our job. You want to get them out. And sometimes getting out is more painful than just staying there and dying. <laughs> you know? Getting that stuff off them, their limbs are broken. Pulling them out is excruciating pain. So folks, when we go to rescue broken lives, sometimes the rescue process can be very painful for them. And we have to be clear about our purpose. We're bringing salvation. Jesus came to save the world, not to condemn, not to abandon, to save. And salvation was painful for him. <laughs> it can be painful for the people being saved too to leave their life of sin. They don't want to do that. I've never been addicted to drugs, but I hear it's a very painful process getting off of drugs when you're, when you're addicted to them. Bless those boys out there. Those are all Libyans. They're having a good time. Yeah. And there are new Americans. God be with them. So we go in with a purpose to rescue people out, bring them to salvation. That's my second point. Third point, Jesus came with the way out. He is the way out. And he said, I am the way. You could probably quote this verse for me. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Okay, that's the verse. And the part I want to focus on is he's the way. He is the way. There isn't any other way that's going to bring people out. Now, you can have various ways to go in, send a counselor into the building, and help people feel better about their pain, <laughs> you know. But the way out is Jesus. And counselors can help with that too. I'm not uh, saying a negative thing about counseling, okay. I, I'm agreeing with counseling. It's a good thing. But we want them out. And the only way out of sin, out of destruction, out of the way to hell is through Jesus. It's the only way. There is no other way. So for us folks, we need to put that out there. 
Now, the way of Jesus might not look so good to some people, but if it's the only way that they can go, that's the way they have to go. Imagine if you are in the sewer uh, that's under the street. You know, there's a, a big tube that runs under all of our streets in this town, and people can get down in there and crawl in them, and it's kind of wretched down there. And if you were trapped down there somehow, <clears throat> you came along, and then you looked up, and there's this hole that goes up onto the street, and there's the sky. You can see it up there. But there's this really grimy, rusted ladder that goes up from here to there. Folks, you might not like that ladder, but you're going to climb it because you want to get out of that place. <laughs> Jesus is the way. To some people's eyes, Jesus doesn't look good. Some people really don't like it. I was in a coffee shop on uh, Thursday, and I was talking. I met with Pastor Paul. We were talking through a bunch of stuff. and um, As we were talking, we were talking about God. And in our conversation, the word God came up a couple of times. A few times, several times. Well, while we were while we were there, a man comes over and he sits down about as far as Sandy and I are apart. He's sitting right over there. So we weren't talking really loud, not as loud as I'm talking right now. We were just talking like this. And I said, I think God will, God has us here to do something, something, something. I, that was my sentence while I was talking. Thank you, Bill. There's the manhole. Getting out with a ladder. Very nice. Very nice. It's a good visual. So I was, I was talking to Paul, just kind of quietly like this, and the man heard me say, God. And he goes, oh, and he looks over at me. God, fairy tales, fairy tales. And he was angry. He was upset. And he grabbed his stuff, and he went over across the side of the room to another place. Well, I was thinking, what is a white helmeted commando supposed to do right now? <laughs> you know, I wanted to go talk to him. Seriously, I did. But, you know, I don't think... With the mindset he had, it was going to help. He was he was angry at me talking about God. I thought, Lord, what's happened in his life to make him so upset with God? There's something in there that has really hurt him. So uh, what the man got out of this uh, interaction was a prayer. So Paul and I leaned in close to each other and said, let's pray for that guy. Because uh, Paul looked at me and goes, what do we do? And I just said, let's pray for him. So we prayed. And... It just reminded me, there's a very angry world out there that isn't ready to talk and isn't ready to dialogue. But we need to get some tools to be ready to do that. But first and foremost, we need to pray. We need to pray because that's the only thing that's going to open the door. So we prayed for that man. I'm going back to that coffee shop. I hope I get to talk to him someday. I hope I do because I want to share with him the love of God and that I want him to find out God isn't a fairy tale. I mean, he might think it is, think he is, but God is real. But he's going to have to open his mind to see it. And only the Holy Spirit can do that. I can't make that happen, but I want to be available if it's possible. I want to do it if I can. Jesus is the way out. He's the one that can get us out through that manhole cover. And then the last point that I want to make today, Jesus comes with a promise of belonging in a family. People need to belong somewhere, don't we? I mean, it's no good just to be all by ourselves. We need a family. When I talk to anyone here in this room, usually something comes up about a friend or a family. You'll talk, you'll start talking about it because you know that's where you're connected. And this is your family too, by the way. So when we, when we interact with people about Jesus, 
Sam, one of the things you can do is let people know that God has a family and that people can come and be part of that family. That's what Jesus promises. Oh, and I didn't give you this verse. This is from John chapter 1, verse 12 or 14. One of those. Let me get it right. I just wrote the verses down. I didn't put the reference. I'm really bad with references. I can tell you pretty much what's everywhere, but I can't tell you the verse. So John 1, verse um, 12. Uh, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Isn't it nice to be able to tell somebody, hey, look, you can be part of the family. You know, that's so appealing to someone who's been rejected by their family. Maybe they don't fit in to their family. They just feel like, oh, I just don't know that I belong anywhere. Hey, you can belong to those who believe. He gives you the right. You have the right to become a child of God, to be part of God's family. Now, for us, we need to look at that and say, that's awesome. That's awesome. We can be part of this family of God. Now, some people might say, "Uh, I want a cooler family than this. I don't like some of the weirdos in my family. (laughs) You know what? Family's a family. Every family's got fruits, nuts, and flakes in it, right? Isn't that the truth? Yeah, every family does. And that's okay. That's part of the thing that makes it family. It's like you never know what Uncle Simon's going to do. You never know what uh, uh, John's son is going to do at the Thanksgiving table. Oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? Hey, that's okay. We just need to enjoy and embrace our family. That's what we need to do. And so the people that we bring in this year, and I'm proud of this church, by the way. I think everyone who comes in here as a visitor, they get welcome. They don't ever feel like they don't belong or that they made a huge mistake coming here. Now, maybe they might think that in themselves, but it, it doesn't come from the behavior of our church here. You guys welcome people, and I'm so pleased with that. So I feel like this is a safe place to bring the fruits, nuts, and flakes, and whoever else, uh, whoever else God sends us, we'll bring them in here to church and let them become part of this family. So these are, these are the things I wanted us to think about. These are how we send them um, and we focus on as a church. And we need to support our evangelists. So next week, I'm going to have a, like a postcard, a photo of all of our white helmet commando people. And I want you to adopt one or two. I want you to adopt them. And they'll have their name on it and their uh, phone number. And you'll see their picture. So I sent Bill <laughs> during the worship time. Is that available, Bill? All right. <laughs> So here's two. Here's two. We just want to, I want to introduce them to you. They're holding a sign that says, I am a special forces commando of light of the nations for Jesus. So on the left, there's Beth. Or on the, the right, there is Beth. Who knows the name of this lady? Jackie. You all know her. She, where is Jackie today? She's sick. Oh, I'm sorry. So let's pray for Jackie. Lord help Jackie. She's such a delightful person. I, I just love her, and I think she would be very effective as she goes and talks to people about Jesus. So let's pray for her. Okay, next picture. All right, right over here. What's his name? Sam. Commando Sam, right over there. And over here is a beautiful young man. His name is Response. I love this guy. You know, he wants, he wants to be a pastor. And so this year, one of my goals is to disciple him a little bit. Uh, go pick him up after school and spend some time before you group with him and just kind of talk to him about his life and what he wants to do. Hello, Isaac. Nice to see you, brother. So 
These are our commandos. Next one. Over here, this is a girl named Grace. She's an awesome girl. You know, she uh, she's the oldest in, or second oldest in her family. And she has this desire to become a physician's assistant. And she doesn't know the first thing about that. She's in her senior year. And so I need some help from anybody who knows how to uh, get her into a school that could help her with that. Um, but we need to pray for her. She is a live wire, and she's excited to share the gospel. And then over here is her little sister. Her name is Mutoni, and Mutoni is also very, very excited and eager to share the love of Jesus with people. Okay, next one. Okay, over here, this is Jermaine. Jermaine is bold. She is fearless, and she has asked me the question. So on Friday night, she asked me the question, what if they don't believe in the Bible? And I said, well, you know, there are going to be a lot of things like that. Uh, but more important than that is you talk about Jesus, who Jesus is, and that he loves them. And so she she's going to try that. Uh, does anybody know this girl? Okay, this is Sam's sister, Lucy. This is Lucy. And uh, she's also agreed to be a commando. I'm very proud of her. They're, they're brand new in our country. Sam and Lucy have been here, what, a couple months? And they're speaking English, these kids. And... Uh, they're in school. They're at Central High School, and they're doing great. I'm so proud of them. Okay, next one. Oh, you know what? We doubled up on Grace. That's Grace still. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> she might need double prayer. This is Ephesian Walker. He's one of the youth leaders, and he is going into the Air Force in a couple of weeks, and we're going to have a send-off for him um, the last Sunday he's here with us. But, um, yeah, he's, he's not going to be here with us as a commando, but he's going to carry this message into the Air Force. We've got to pray for him. Okay, next. Okay, over here is a guy named Mugabo, and uh, he lives over on the west side of town, and he didn't quite get the message right the first time. He tried to invite people to church, and that didn't go so well. I said, don't worry about that. Don't worry about inviting people to church. Just invite them to Jesus and figure out how to do that. And then over here is Violette, a beautiful young woman who sings on our worship team in the afternoon service. And she um, she's going to get married this summer, married on July 1st. You're all invited to the wedding um, July 1st at, to a young man in our congregation. But I was really proud of her because she's kind of a shy, not real outgoing person. But she felt like the Lord telling her to do this, so she stepped forward. I'm proud of her. Um, do we have another one? That's it. Okay. There are more. I just haven't got their pictures yet. We're going to turn these into photos that you can have and take, put up on your refrigerator, your mirror, your car, windshield, uh, whatever, to help you remember to pray for them. And I want you to adopt at least one. And you're going to pick one and say, this is my commando. I own them. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to care about them. I'm going to encourage them. Send them text messages throughout the week and whatever the Lord leads you to do. So that's our plan. As the Father sent me, Jesus said, so I'm sending you. So how are, what are the ways uh, Jesus was sent that we covered today? He sent with love. What else? Purpose. Next. Think of the, think of the manhole. The way, out. the way out. He's the way. And then finally, a belonging. Yeah. Well done, church. I love it when you get the message. That's good. Hey, as we close, um, do you have a song for us, Steve? You know, uh, I have a father. That would be good. He knows my name. Sam, come on back up and let's uh, 
Let's close with this song. Can you all stand with me? Father, we trust you. We look to you. We want you to be the guide of our lives. We want you to be the Lord. We want you to be the, the father of us who tells us what needs to be done and we're going to do it, Lord. I pray that you will fill us with your spirit, not just the commandos. Of course, they need it. But every one of us needs to be filled with the spirit so that we can be ready in season and out of season how to deal with someone who might hate us, how to deal with somebody who has a negative attitude, how to deal with somebody who needs a blessing right in the middle of the grocery store. Lord, give us that grace. Give us that courage. Give us the boldness of the Spirit of God. Help us to remember we are a child of the Father and that you come to us. We need to go out for your sake in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord.